Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Hockey Journey Podcast. Episode number 71, Developing Rock Solid Habits. Presented to you by OnlineHockeyTraining.com. I'm your host, Coach Lance Pedlick. If you're new here, please make sure you subscribe so you won't miss out on any future episodes. Before we put the biscuit in the basket and begin this conversation, if you want to learn more about me, my hockey experiences, that I have the world's largest database of off-ice stick handling, passing, and hockey shooting drills, what I know, and most importantly, how I've been helping hockey players get really good with a stick and puck, just head on over to OnlineHockeyTraining.com and gain instant access to my 10-part video series where I'll show you everything. Consider it my gift to you. Lastly, if you live in Minnesota or are visiting the state of hockey sometime soon and you want to schedule an in-person off-ice stick skills lesson, I'd love to have the opportunity to show you my little world. Go to SweetHockeyCoach.com, that is SweetHockeyCoach.com, and watch the video on the homepage for instructions. Thanks, and I look forward to working with you sometime soon. How's everyone doing today? And welcome to the second podcast discussing the topic of habits. If you missed the first one, it's episode 42 titled, Habits, How Are Yours? Everyone should be settling into their season by now. Some of you making the team you wanted and others did not. That's in the past and we can't do anything about that now, but we can do is react proactively and focus our attention on what's in our control. If there's a change you want to make in your life, the odds are pretty good that you're going to have to implement a new habit. Did you know that roughly 40% of what we do on a daily basis is habitual? This means that close to half of our day is basically operating on autopilot. So what if you want to invest some time into getting better at something? Let's say it's improving your stick skills a little bit, wink wink. But you currently don't do any extra training outside of your team practices and games. The first thing you need to do is have a plan of attack. Let's think small so this new habit is almost impossible not to stick for you. This is something you are going to spend time on every day. Each day has something that is exactly the same for all of us. We all have the same 24 hours to work with. I mentioned think small. For this exercise, let's do the calculations of investing 1% of your 24 hours into getting better at your stick handling and shooting at home in your garage, basement, or backyard. So how much time do you have to allocate to this new habit? Math.answers.com breaks it down for us like this. Each day offers all of us the same 24 hours, each lasting 60 minutes. 24 hours times 60 equals 1,440 minutes. 1% 1 of 1,440 is equal to 14 minutes and 24 seconds. That's it. Who can't find 15 minutes a day to invest a little time into becoming a better version of themselves? But here's what's cool. If you could do this for one year, doing anything new consistently for 365 days, just like breathing, for just 14 minutes and 24 seconds each of those days, you would have accumulated over 5,000 dedicated minutes to getting better. And that is noticeable when that milestone is met. Kind of exciting to think about all the possibilities, isn't it? But know that nothing will happen unless you act. For years, I've been constantly tinkering with my habits, 
trying to optimize my days to get the most out of my 24 hours. I'm a practitioner, but by no means an expert. But there are many who have made the topic of habits their life's work, and I'd like to share with you some of their most important and impactful findings with the hope that they may help you develop more rock-solid habits. For the following books I'm going to reference, know that I'm only scratching the surface of all the learning nuggets in each of the titles. If something resonates with you from a certain book by the end of this episode, I highly encourage you to pick up a copy of your own and read it in its entirety. I'll put the links to each of the titles in the description. With that being said, let's begin. Book number one, Tiny Habits, The Small Changes That Change Everything, by B.J. Fogg. Quote number one, Tiny is mighty, at least when it comes to change. Over the last 20 years, I've found that most everyone wants to make some kind of change. Eat healthier, lose weight, exercise more, reduce stress, get better sleep. We want to be better parents and partners. We want to be more productive and creative. But the alarming levels of obesity, sleeplessness, and stress reported by the media and seen in my Stanford Labs research tell me there's a painful gap between what people want and what they actually do. The disconnect between want and do has been blamed on a lot of things, but people blame it on themselves for the most part. They internalize the cultural message of, it's your fault, you should exercise more, but you aren't doing it. Shame on you. I'm here to say it isn't your fault, and creating positive change isn't as hard as you think. End quote. Quote number two, the elements of behavior. B equals M. A.P. You can change your life by changing your behaviors. You know that. But what you may not know is that only three variables drive those behaviors. The FOG behavioral model is the key to unlocking that mystery. It represents the three universal elements of behavior and the relationship to one another. It's based on principles that show us how these elements work together to drive our every action from flossing one tooth to running a marathon. Once you understand the behavioral model, you can analyze why a behavior happened, which means you can stop blaming your behavior on the wrong things, like character and self-discipline for starters. And you can use my model to design for a change in behavior in yourself and in other people. B equals M-A-P, behavior, happens when motivation and ability and prompt converge at the same moment. End quote. Quote number three, the anatomy of tiny habits. Number one, anchor moment. An existing routine, like brushing your teeth, or an event that happens, like a phone ringing. The anchor moment reminds you to do the new tiny behavior. Number two, new tiny behavior a simple version of the new habit you want, such as flossing one tooth or doing two push-ups. You do the tiny behavior immediately after the anchor moment. Number three, instant celebration. Something you do to create positive emotions, such as saying, I did a good job. You celebrate immediately after doing the tiny new behavior. Anchor, behavior, celebration. End quote. Quote number four. Anchor prompts. You already have a lot of reliable routines. 
Each one of them can serve as an anchor prompt for a new habit. You put your feet on the floor in the morning. You boil water for tea or turn on the coffee maker. You flush the toilet. You drop your kid off at school. You hang your coat up when you walk through the door at the end of the day. You put your head on the pillow every night. These actions are already embedded in your life so seamlessly and naturally that you don't have to think about them. And because of that, they make fantastic prompts. It's an elegant design solution because it's so natural. You already have an entire ecosystem of routines humming along nicely. You just have to tap into it. Action prompts are so much more useful than person prompts and context prompts that I've given them a name, anchors. When talking about tiny habits, I use the term anchor to describe something in your life that is already stable and solid. The concept is pretty simple. If there is a habit you want, find the right anchor within your current routine to serve as your prompt, your reminder. I select the term anchor because you are attaching your new habit to something solid and reliable. End quote. And bonus quote number five. Get your shine on. AKA, don't forget to celebrate. What might surprise you is this. In English, we do not have a perfect word to describe the positive feeling we get from experiencing success. I've read piles of scientific literature on related topics, and I've done my own research in this area, and I'm convinced that we are lacking a good word. The closest label is authentic pride, but that's not an exact match. So, with the encouragement of three of the world's experts on human emotion, I decided to create a new word for this feeling of success. Ready? I call this feeling shine. You know this feeling already. You feel shine when you ace an exam. You feel shine when you give a great presentation and people clap at the end. You feel shine when you smell something delicious that you cooked for the first time. I believe my celebration technique is a breakthrough in habit formation. I hope you can see why. By skillfully celebrating, you create a feeling of shine, which in turn causes your brain to encode the new habit. If I could teach you tiny habits in person, I would start our training by focusing on celebrations. I would help you find celebrations that are natural and effective for you. We would practice them together and it would be a blast. I would train you in celebrations before teaching you about the fog behavior model or the power of simplicity or anchors or recipes for tiny habits. Celebrations would be the first because it's the most important skill for creating habits. End quote. Book number two, The Slight Edge, Turning Simple Disciplines into Massive Success and Happiness by Jeff Olson. Quote number one. That's the only reason our lives follow that roller coaster. It's that simple. As soon as we get away from failure and up past the line of survival, we quit doing the things that got us there. You know what that means. It means you already know how to do everything it takes to make you an outrageous success. That's how you've survived up to this point. And if you can survive, then you can succeed. You don't need to do some brilliant, impossible thing. You don't need to learn some insanely difficult skills or have some genius-level brainstorm of an innovative idea. All you have to do is keep doing the things that got you this far, which is exactly what 99.9% .9 of people don't do. What those things are 
why most people don't do them, and how you can live an outrageously happy and successful life by doing them is what this book is all about. End quote. Quote number two, what is the slight edge? The things that take you out of failure and up toward survival and success are simple. So simple, in fact, that it's easy to overlook them. Extremely easy to overlook them. It's easy to overlook them because when you look at them, they seem insignificant. They're not big, sweeping things that take huge effort. They're not heroic or dramatic. Mostly, they're just the little things you do every day that nobody else even notices. They're the things that are so simple to do, yet successful people actually do them, while unsuccessful people only look at them and don't take action. Things like taking a few dollars out of a paycheck, putting it into savings, and leaving it there. Or doing a few minutes of exercise every day and not skipping it. Or reading 10 pages of an inspiring, educational, self-changing book every day. Or taking a moment to tell someone how much you appreciate them and doing that consistently every day for months and years. Little things that seem insignificant in the doing, yet when compounded over time yield very big results. You could call these little virtues or success habits. I call them simple daily disciplines. Simple, productive actions repeated consistently over time. That, in a nutshell, is the slight edge. End quote. Quote number three, instant life. See the seductive myth of. Through a great film, you can experience the triumph of the human soul over adversity, the drama of a struggle between doing what's right and succumbing to the temptations of the world, a moving encounter between generations, the flowering of a powerful romance, the struggle and birth of a nation. But it all has to be finished in two hours. Can you imagine a nation being born in just two hours? Meeting the person who will become the love of your life, the dating, courtship, romance, struggle, triumph, wedding, and happy life thereafter in two hours? Of course not. We expect to put out the effort of a 30-second fall-in-love sequence or a fighter-in-training sequence and get the same heroic ending. In a world filled with instant coffee, instant breakfast, instant credit, instant shopping, instant information, and 24-7 news, we have come dangerously close to losing touch with reality and believing we have access to instant life. But life is not a clickable link. End quote. Quote number four, the anti-quantum leap, plus creating opportunities. There's a popular expression you probably heard. Luck is preparedness meeting opportunity. It's a handy idea, but it's not quite accurate. People who live by the slight edge understand how luck really works. It's not preparedness meeting opportunity, it's preparedness, period. Preparedness created by doing those simple, little, constructive, positive actions over and over. Luck is when that constancy of preparedness eventually creates opportunity. One reason the slight edge is so widely ignored, unnoticed, and undervalued is that our culture tends to worship the idea of the big break. We celebrate the dramatic discovery, the big breakthrough that catapults the hero into a new place. In other words, we buy lottery tickets. The truth of breakthroughs and lucky breaks is that yes, they do happen, but they don't happen out of thin air. They are grown like a crop 
planted, cultivated, and ultimately harvested. The problem is, as I mentioned last chapter, that in our culture, we're trained to think we can skip the middle step and leap directly from plant to harvest. We even have a term for it. We call it a quantum leap, and it's a complete, utter myth. End quote. Bonus quote number five. Chop down any trees lately? Give me six hours to chop down a tree, goes the quote attributed to Abraham Lincoln, and I will spend the first four hours sharpening the axe, which left just two hours to do the actual chopping. In other words, he would spend twice as much time working on the tools of the job as he would on the task itself. And in the task called your life, what are the tools of the job? They are simply you. You are the axe. And no one knew that better than our 16th president, who poured enormous effort during his half-century life into making himself the sharpest, strongest, truest axe he possibly could. End quote. Bonus quote number six, slight edge, course correction, in action. On its way to landing astronauts safely on the surface of the moon, the miracle of modern engineering that was an Apollo rocket was actually on course only 2-3% to of the time, which means that for at least 97% of the time it took to get from Earth to the moon, it was off course. In a journey of nearly a quarter of a million miles, the vehicle was actually on track for only 7,500 miles. Or to put it another way, for every half an hour the ship was in flight, it was on course for less than one minute. And it reached the moon, safely, and returned to tell the tale. How is such a thing possible? Because modern space travel is a masterful example of slight edge course correction in action. If this machine, at the time, one of the most sophisticated, expensive, and finely calibrated pieces of technology ever devised, was correcting its own off-course errors 29 minutes out of every 30, is it reasonable to expect that you could do better than that? Let's say you were able to match an Apollo rocket's degree of accuracy in the pursuit of your own goals. That would mean that you'd be perfectly on target and on course no more than 10 days in any given year. The next time you're giving yourself a hard time because you feel like you've gotten off track, think about the Apollo program and give yourself a break. End quote. Bonus quote number seven, the slight edge, habits. You may think I'm exaggerating, I'm not. You are capable of great things. I know this because I've observed the human condition, and every soul alive is capable of great things. Most will never achieve them or experience them. But anyone can, if they only understand how the process works. Show up. Show up consistently. Show up consistently with a positive outlook. Be prepared for and committed to the long haul. Cultivate a burning desire backed by faith. Be willing to pay the price. And do the things you've committed to doing, even when no one else is watching. End quote. Bonus quote number eight. Slight edge, integrity. There are many definitions of integrity, honesty, truthfulness, congruence between words and deeds. The aspect of integrity that is most applicable to the slight edge is this, what you do when no one is watching. It's in that moment's decision, when nobody else is watching and no one will ever know, when your choice is so slight, so subtle, and so insignificant, it's at that moment that you'll find out whether or not you have slight edge integrity. End quote. And bonus quote number nine, plans. 
Starting gate versus finish line. This is the point where people are often thrown off track. It's easy to assume that you need to put together the plan that will get you there. In other words, the right plan. The plan that will work. No. The point is not to come up with the brilliant blueprint that is guaranteed to take you all the way to the finish line. The point is to simply come up with a plan that will get you out of the starting gate. It's not even that your starting plan doesn't necessarily get you there, it for sure won't get you there, at least not the exact plan you conceive at first. Nobody has that degree of perfect precision in long-range planning, and there are too many variables and surprises along the way that will require adjustments to the plan. You have to start with a plan, but the plan you start with will not be the plan that gets you there. In fact, just for emphasis, I'm going to say that one more time. You have to start with a plan, but the plan you start with will not be the plan that gets you there. End quote. A quick word from our sponsor, Sniper's Edge Hockey. Sniper's Edge Hockey is your one-stop shop for your at-home hockey training needs on and off the ice. Find the perfect start to your at-home training area with slick tiles, synthetic ice, or a rink liner. Or upgrade your home setup with one of our top quality training tools to help you work on soft hands, all of your deeks and dangles, perfect your one-timer, and improve the power and accuracy of your shot. Find it all online and in stock for immediate shipping at snipersedgehockey.com. And book number three, Mini Habits. Smaller Habits, Bigger Results by Stephen Guise. Quote number one. I had experimented with personal development strategies for a decade when I accidentally started my first mini habit and the changes I made were actually lasting. I realized the poor strategies I relied upon were complete failures. When something works, that which doesn't work is exposed. The science of mini habits exposes the predictability, inconsistent results of most popular personal growth strategies and reveals why many habits are consistent. A mini habit is a very small positive behavior that you force yourself to do every day. A mini habit's too small to fail nature makes it weightless, deceptively powerful, and a superior habit building strategy. A mini habit's too small to fail nature makes it weightless, deceptively powerful, and a superior habit building strategy. Mini habits will better equip you to change your life than 99% of the people you see walking around on this globe. People so often think that they are the reason they can't achieve lasting change. But the problem isn't with them, it's with their strategy. You can achieve great things without the guilt, intimidation, and repeated failure associated with such strategies such as getting motivated, resolutions, or even just doing it. To make changes last, you need to stop fighting against your brain. When you start playing by your brain's rules, as many habits show you how to do, lasting change isn't hard. End quote. Quote number two, what is a mini habit? A mini habit is basically a much smaller version of a new habit you want to form. 100 push-ups daily is minified into one push-up daily. Writing 3,000 words daily becomes writing 50 words daily. Thinking positively all the time becomes thinking two positive thoughts per day. Living an entrepreneurial lifestyle becomes thinking of two ideas per day among other entrepreneurial things. The foundation of the mini habits system is in stupid small steps. The concept of small steps is nothing new, but how and why they work have not been adequately dissected. 
Of course, small steps are relative too. A small step for you could be a giant leap for me. Saying stupid small clarifies it. Because if a step sounds stupid relative to the most you can do, it's perfect. End quote. Quote number three, too small to fail. The benefit from following the mini habits system is surprisingly big results. First, there's a great chance that you'll do bonus reps after you meet your small requirement. This is because we already desire these positive behaviors and starting them reduces internal resistance. The second benefit is routine. Even if you don't exceed your small requirement, the behavior will begin to become a mini habit. From there, do bonus reps or scale up the habit. Another benefit is consistent success. A bank may be too big to fail, but mini habits are too small to fail, and so they lack the common destructive feelings of guilt and inadequacy that come with goal failure. This is one of the very few systems that practically guarantees success every day thanks to a potent encouragement spiral and always attainable target. Mini habits have made me feel unstoppable. Prior to starting mini habits, I felt unstartable. End quote. Quote number four, Newton's first law, plus your mini habits. Chances are that you will do extra sometimes, and the reason relates to basic physics. Newton's first law states, number one, an object at rest will stay at rest unless an external force acts upon it. Number two, an object that is in motion will not change its velocity unless an external force acts upon it. Can you see how this relates? Once you take the first step, you are officially in motion. You will find, as I have, that once you get started, it is almost as hard to stop as it is to keep going. Add to this that nothing is more motivating and inspiring than seeing yourself take action. Put it together and we get a new equation. One small step plus desired behavior equals high probability of further steps. End quote. Bonus quote number five, ego depletion. In 2010, a meta-analysis of 83 studies was done on ego depletion. Ego depletion essentially means the same thing as willpower or self-control depletion, so I will use these terms interchangeably. From this meta-analysis, the five biggest factors found to cause ego depletion were effort, perceived difficulty, negative effect, subjective fatigue, and blood glucose levels. These factors, then, are the five biggest obstacles that keep us from sustaining success with a willpower-based strategy. What do we do once we've exhausted our willpower? Is all hope lost, then? According to the analysis, motivational incentives, training on self-control tasks, and glucose supplementation promoted better self-control of ego-depleted people. End quote. Bonus quote number six, a self-efficacy generating machine. Many habits are a self-efficacy generating machine, and importantly, you can get started successfully with zero self-efficacy. Your daily successes will train you to have high self-efficacy. How can you not believe in your ability to do one push-up per day? You can do it in between these two sentences, and this amounts to strengthening your self-efficacy through practice. Many habits double as training for believing in yourself. End quote. Bonus quote number seven, winning versus losing. 
It is far more mentally energy efficient to break things down into small components that are easily mentally digested and less stressful. The goal of losing 100 pounds in a year is a constant energy drain and burden. And with this goal, it's possible to lose 50 pounds and feel like a failure. Why would anyone be interested in that? One workout feels like a drop in the bucket and it is in the grand scheme of your massive goal. It's hard to feel good after a workout when it represents almost nothing compared to your goal. With many habits though, willpower is preserved as much as possible. Every step you take feels like success and going beyond your goal feels even better than that. It's a system that makes you feel like a winner because people who feel like winners act like winners. End quote. And bonus quote number eight. What's your chain? Jerry Seinfeld appears to have been a pioneer in many habits. He famously marked each day on his calendar with a big X if he completed his joke writing task. He recognized that daily progress was the key to forming a habit and improving his craft of telling jokes. He first told young comedian Brad Isaac about his productivity secret before a show one day. Brad wrote about Seinfeld's response in an article for Lifehacker. After a few days, you'll have a chain. Just keep at it and the chain will grow longer every day. You'll like seeing that chain, especially when you get a few weeks under your belt. Your only job next is to not break the chain. This is a good summation of many habits. We don't want to break the chain. End quote. I don't know about you, but my position on habits has had a positive shift in my mind. You? Before we wrap it up for the day, I want to share my favorite quote from this episode as it deserves one more listen. It's from book number two, The Slight Edge, by Jeff Olson. Quote, You may think I'm exaggerating. I'm not. You are capable of great things. I know this because I've observed the human condition, and every soul alive is capable of great things. Most will never achieve them or experience them, but anyone can, if they only understand how the process works. Show up, show up consistently, show up consistently with a positive outlook, be prepared for and committed to the long haul. Cultivate a burning desire backed by faith. Be willing to pay the price. And do the things you've committed to doing, even when no one else is watching. End quote. Well, that concludes another episode of the Hockey Journey Podcast. I can't thank you enough for stopping by and listening. I hope you enjoyed learning more about how to develop rock-solid habits. If you think there's someone in your circle of family and friends that might like this episode as well, please share it with just one person. It will really help me in growing this hockey community. Again, I appreciate you being here. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, or submit a review. I hope to see you back here soon. And do me a favor, make someone close to you smile today. All the best, my friends.